Thank you, Monica. Uh, thanks to everyone for making the time today uh, to attend this session from Deloitte about data products and apps. We'll start off with some introductions. My name is Prabhu Kapalishwaran. I'm a managing director in the AI and data Deloitte Consulting, um, and I'm joined here by... Hi, everyone. My name is Maher Khalil, a senior manager also at Deloitte. Yeah, we're here to talk about how we are doing data apps and data products at Deloitte. Uh, we'll start off with some basic definition. Uh, we all know what data product is, the ability for you to take the raw data, uh, transform that particular data, package that with metadata, and then expose that as a way to consume as a software product for an end user. The data app, on the other hand, is a corollary to the data product, where the idea is you're using the data to impute business rules and to drive automation within your enterprise. And what we have seen over the last couple of months is they go hand in hand. The data app becomes a user experience layer for a data product. And essentially, uh, the data product becomes a byproduct from the data app that we are trying to create. And in order for us to create this particular data app and data product, we'll be using the CFG app services. This is our end-to-end -end analytic platform that was specifically designed for business users, uh, as well as for some of our power users, primarily for business users, wherein you can go from the point of acquiring the data all the way down to creating your data app and data product all within the comfort of your browser, but also doing all of these functions very visually. Uh, first and foremost in our platform is a catalog, the ability for you to source the data or acquire the data from pretty much any data source, uh, Starburst being one of the big data sources that we can actually acquire the data from. <clears throat> Once you acquire this data, all being done visually uh, without the need to know SQL or Sparkle or any of the specific dialects, you can also combine this data with other data sets so that you can get a comprehensive data set that you can then start to create a full data product out of. Um, as you do this comprehensive data set, we recognize the need for you to be able to clean the data, normalize the data, harmonize the data, and in the process also change the shape of the data as you actually start to go through in terms of exposing this as a data product. And in order for us to do this, we primarily use R and Python as our backend for us to be able to clean up this particular data, but we expose these R and Python routines through a simple no-code type of uh, user interface so that our business users can actually do this visually. Um, as you do this transformation, what we have often recognized is the tabular way of looking at the data is probably not the most optimal in terms of doing this analysis. And this is why we have a full exploratory data visualization wherein you can drag and drop data from Python or R and do those visualization. And finally, you can actually expose all of this as a data app wherein you can actually take this and a user can consume that through a user experience or expose us as a data product wherein the data app, the data within that particular data app can directly be used in another application in terms of driving the automation. I said it is the last piece that we spoke about, but now over the last couple of months again, what we have seen is the emergence of large language models. So pretty much for all of these layers, we are now starting to integrate large language models as a way for you to work with and manipulate the data across any of these sub modules. 
from a demo standpoint, we will start off with a simple data set, which is in S3, uh, which is my mock diabetes data set. This is not real data set. This is completely mock data set exposed through a starburst because we want that scalability with what we are doing. Uh, we take the data, we acquire that data. Once we source that data, we run through a simple exploratory data visualization in terms of understanding what this data has, converting it to a simple dashboard where I can actually work with different facets of data, then manipulating this data using a low-code, no-code type of an interface. Once I have done that, I will combine this raw starburst data with a drug manufacturer data, again a mock, that is going to come from my laptop and then federating that and exposing that as a data product finally to create uh, you know, the data product that Starburst can actually consume or enterprise users who are on that Starburst can actually start to consume. So essentially you're bringing the power of analytics using Python and R along with Starburst so that you can not only consume this data as a product, but you can data, your data scientists can also work with this with what you're doing. And then the last piece, time permitting, we will also take a look at the data product and then expose that to an AI assistant wherein you can start to work with this data all through natural language. So with that, I will stop here, move into the demo and give the handle to uh, Maher. So what we're seeing right here is the lay of the land for the CFG. So here you're going to see all the different data products that currently exist within the application. And in addition to that, if I go into our Starburst Enterprise and we look at the query editor, you can actually see that CMOS is a data source for Starburst as well. And all of these different data products are exposed here. If I go back into the CMOS application, uh, within CMOS, it also has, um, within CFG, it also has its own catalog for what we're seeing. And you can very quickly go ahead and connect to other external data sources as well and bring those in for the analysis that you're trying to do. And from here, why don't we go into how exactly we can create a data product? So let's start with creating a data product. To create a data product, obviously the first step is sourcing the data. So just so that we are clear, we are sourcing this data from Starburst. Let's first go take a look at the Starburst query editor to understand what are some of the queries that are being run. So I can actually see the query overview and I can see the different uh, reports in terms of you know, how the data has been accessed from S3. So here I'm actually going to go in visually query the diabetes data on diabetes, on on uh, on um, on CFG where I'm going to bring this data into python and I'm, the reason why I'm trying to bring this into python is so that I can now start applying other analytic routines like bert or gpt or other language models directly in sort of inside of python and that's something that the platform already provides so as i visually query this I can actually start to also add calculations and filters if I so chose to. So now what this process is doing, as I do the click the visualize, I am pulling the data from S3 through Starburst inside of CFG, wherein now I can actually start trying to understand what's in this data set. Just as a proof, if you go back to the Starburst engine, if you go to the query overview, now you can see the latest query that was executed. Um, and if I go into that and go to advanced, I can also see what catalog Starburst pulled this particular data from. It also gives me other usage metrics, which I can then use in terms of optimizing my data source. If I go back to CMOS, 
Uh, I'll start by doing some simple BI. This is no different than you know me trying to create some simple business intelligence through any kind of a BI tool. The big difference here is as Maher is doing some of this, what you're doing is you're harnessing the underlying pandas frame or you're accessing the underlying Python in terms of querying the pandas frame, pulling that particular data set, and then doing the display with what you're looking at. Here, uh, he is trying to explore the different facets. So he, is, he has a histogram of patients to that ages. He's got the distribution of height and weight, and he's got the distribution of frame type. Um, and this is a completely interactive visual, so I can actually brush into it, and I can actually see everything changing. The big difference here, again, is the underlying data is all sitting in pandas, and therefore, you can jump into Python to do some data science if you so chose to, which is something that we will show. But as you can see, at this point, I'm happy with my data, and I can start to publish this as a data product, but you will see there are some issues with respect to my data. For example, on the frame, the data is not clean. It is not normalized or harmonized, if you will. Majority of the people with respect to this data are calling it large, small, or medium, but some of them are also calling it L, med, or S. So the first step here is in terms of cleaning up this particular data. So here, I'll go to my cleaning palette, wherein I will actually start to go from visualize to a clean, where I can start to clean this data. I can quickly show you the different clean routines that we have exposed for our business users. These are nothing but simple JSONs, which are sitting on top of Python or R, exposing certain Python routines to our business users in a simple click fashion. So here, I'm going to click on the column cleaner, select the frame column, and quickly clean this data right? by saying, hey, give me what is the probabilistic replacement. So it gives me med with what I'm looking at here, I can execute this. In fact, I can look at this in the tabular format, or I can go back to my dashboard, and I can see my data now being cleaned up. Um, if I just like change this frame to drug, it poses a different problem when I have a one-to-many data set association with respect to rows. So I have one patient with who are taking many drugs. These are also not symmetric. So I need to make this one-to-one. -one. And so I'm going to apply another routine wherein I can actually do a split and unpivot this data so that I can actually start to have a one-to-one -one with respect to the drug. Why? We will see in the next step shortly. Um, if I go back to the cleaned up data, now I can see a one-to-one. -one. Of course, at any given point in time, if I'm a data scientist, there is nothing stopping me from jumping into a Python terminal directly on my pipeline, uh, and I can actually start slinging Python. So for example, if you see, the diab1 is actually a simple data frame. So if I just like enter diab1, it will show me what's in that particular data set directly. With that, we will now go into saying, let me go ahead and publish this data product. But if you remember, we also want to add manufacturer information into this particular data product. So here, we're going to go to the pipeline again. And if you remember, we had the clean there, but here I'm going to go into the pipeline this is going to show me the end-to-end -end of like, what have I done with the raw data set? Shows me the lineage in terms of all the transformation that I have run with respect to diabetes. At this point, I can actually take this and publish this as a data product, but I'm going to add manufacturer data to this particular data set. So in this case, my data set is going to come from my computer. Uh, Maher has dragged and dropped a drug manufacturer data. I'm going to pull this into Python. I'm going to call my pandas frame man one. 
I'm going to click next and I can quickly see what are the different columns which is there with respect to this data. It's a really simple data. I have the drug name and the manufacturer and all that I'm going to do is to do a join between my previous data product where the patients were taking those drugs and you know uh, this data set where I have drug to manufacturers. As I do this join, I choose what axis do I want to do this join on, the type of join that I want to do. And once I'm happy with what I'm looking at, I can just do an import and say, go ahead and visualize. This brings me back into my visualization panel, albeit at this point, I not only have the demographics data, but I also have the manufacturer data. This is more reflected when I go to the sheet one, wherein I can take the drug out and instead I can use the manufacturer and now I can actually see the manufacturer distribution as opposed to the drug distribution. Uh, if you remember, uh, earlier on the catalog on Starburst, Maher was showing the different data products that were there, and there was no diabetes data product. So here, I'm actually going to save this into my diabetes patient data. I'm going to call this basic diabetes data product or diabetes data product, and I'm just going to save this. And once I save this, if I go back to Starburst, and look at my catalog, I can now see a diabetes data product as a schema that's listed, which is I have taken that entire data product or the data app and the data un underlying that particular data product and I'm sorry, data app and expose that inside of Starburst. So with that, I will turn this back into Maher so that we can show some of the LLM capabilities on top of this data. Maher? Yep. So what you're seeing here again is this report and I wanna be able to ask questions on top of this using natural language. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna seek the assistance of our um, AI assistant. So I'm gonna add in our AI assistant. And now I have this moose uh, at the corner of my sheet where when I click on it, it's gonna allow me the capability of asking questions directly on top of this information. So I'm gonna start off with something pretty easy. So I'm gonna say, uh, you know, show me patients who are above the age of 50. And now when I hit enter, it's going to be able to uh, parse this information. And it's going to determine and produce the SQL, which is basically appending um, a filter to it where it's saying age greater than 50, which is what I would expect. Now I can also go inside here and there are other capabilities in terms of being able to parameterize and do everything else. Uh, but what's really cool is when I actually filter on top of this, it's now going to adjust all of my visualization. So they now reflect this unique subset that I'm trying to understand. Now I can go back to my uh, moose and I can unfilter and reset it. Uh, and we can go ahead and proceed with something a little bit more complex. So, you know, we filtered on the age greater than 50, but a simple filter could have also done that. So why don't we ask something a little bit more complex? So I could say, uh, show me patients who are above average weight. So now instead of it being a value that exists within uh, the data set, it's going to be, be producing a calculation on top of this data. And now when I do this, what you're going to see is uh, a new query, which is basically saying, show me the patients and weights, but it now appends this filter where it's saying where the weight is greater than the average weight from the frame, right? So this is now realizing, hey, it's not just a simple query, it needs to be able to do a subquery to produce the results. So we've just taken it a little bit higher in terms of the, the, the complexity, right? We took a simple value, which is just 
you know, the column itself. Now we're doing a derived value. But really where language models really, you know, shine is the ability to understand what we're searching and figure out how that relates to the data that we have. So we can ask it another question. So I could say, uh, show me patients who are at risk of hypertension. Um, so when I do this, right, I haven't told it anything about what hypertension means, but it's able to figure out based off of the results that, uh, you know, we have a diastolic and a systolic measurement in terms of our blood pressures. And it's able to figure out that, hey, you know, this value needs to be above 140 and the other one needs to be above 90. And we've now incorporated, you know, a, a language model such that your normal business user can go in and ask questions and it's able to interpret based on the existing data, we answer it. Yep. And language models can extend far beyond just, you know, uh, what we're showing in the specific AI assistant. Uh, there are other ways that we can incorporate this. So very similar to our uh, driver that Starburst is using to uh, query into our data products. Uh, we've also exposed that to also take in um, natural search, uh, natural language search as well. So that way, instead of it just taking in a structured SQL, it could also take in uh, a search string. So other data products could also leverage our driver in more unique ways. So imagine the power of being able to fine tune this based on the corpus that is there within your enterprise. So now what is hypertension and common knowledge? That is great. But assume for a minute there are specific KSAs, KPIs and metrics that you're using at within your enterprise level. You should be able to, your business user should be able to ask it questions based on those. And this is going to filter this based on those metrics, which are defined elsewhere, which makes it even more powerful in terms of what we are looking at here. Uh, thank you, Maher. And thank you all. I mean, that's kind of brings up, uh, brings us to the end of this particular demo. If you want to know more information about like our collaboration, our tool set, or want to understand more about like how all of the things that we are doing are, uh, feel free to reach us. Um, you know, you have our contacts on the first page. We have the Starburst contact here. So looking forward to engaging with this team. Thank you.